Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 171 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving the episode a listen. In this quick episode, I'm going to go through my tips for round 11 and touch on just a couple of news items uh, as we go into this. Don't forget that if you, you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email or shoot me a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I love being able to highlight these clubs and learn a little bit about them. Uh, tonight's club, or today's episode's uh, club, is one that uh, somebody did just that, and that is uh, Linton, who uh, has helped me preview the Gold Coast Suns the last two years. This is a club where he is actually the coach of, I believe, their under-12 squad. And uh, the club for this episode are the Keon Park Stars Junior Football Club of the Northern Football and Netball League. The Stars have been in existence since 1961, so they had their 60th anniversary last year. And their 1966 Division II club was their first premiership side. They've got clubs playing under 10s, 12s, 14s, and 17s. And the under 17s, they open up their fixture this coming Sunday with a contest against West Preston Lakeside at the J.E. Moore Park Reservoir. Now, the Stars train and play their home matches at J.C. Donath Reserve, and that oval is based on the corner of Harmer Street and Waga Road in Reservoir, which is about 15 kilometers north of the MCG, which means we'll never get the Tigers to go play there. Sorry, I just had to. Uh, <laughs> best of luck to the Stars, uh, all of their different levels of clubs this year as they begin their individual journeys towards their respective premierships. Now, I know they're mired down towards the bottom of the ladder this year. In fact, I believe they are sitting in the 17th spot, and they're only there because West Coast has been even more inept than they have. But this has been an absolutely interesting few days over the Arden Street Oval with uh, the bulk of the recruiting department leaving the club. And uh, now it's looking like their top pick, Jason Horn Francis, is is facing scrutiny also because of something that he did, which a lot of people have said it wasn't a big deal. But after what went on with the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, where a number of their players headed out to a, uh, a nightclub and then ended up on the COVID list, I believe. Well, JHF uh, had headed home to South Australia during a round where he was not picked in the side and uh, went to visit his family and then ended up going out to a nightclub somewhere. And, uh, He's being looked at with a lot of uh, skepticism and uh, concern about, was he doing the right thing for the club by putting himself in that kind of a position? Again, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. The, the last time I was at a nightclub, Jason Horn Francis wasn't even alive. I can tell you that. Uh, and he wasn't even thought about being alive at that point in time because uh, I'm an old square. So... This has now opened up a sliver or an avenue, and you couple this with the the idea and the the, the discussion that he's not entertaining uh, contract negotiations to lengthen his initial contract with the Ruse, 
And, and people are now saying, well, maybe this is an opportunity for Port Adelaide or the Crows to possibly pounce on getting him back into South Australia and joining one of those two sides. I know Kane Corns made mention of that. Uh, this, this would be a great opportunity. Now, I don't know where this is going to go. And I, I know I mentioned many, many episodes ago that, uh, that there's something that the NFL does fairly well. Um, now, you know, in theory, you know, in the, in the AFL, from everything that I've gathered, you know, within a few years, you know, a player can decide, you know what, I really would like to go somewhere else and I'm going to request a trade. And sometimes that may be that, that may be somebody that you've only had on your list for a couple of years. Maybe they were a top five pick and within three years, you're having to find a new home for them because that's just kind of how the, the way the game has been played and how it's gone. And I get that. But one of the things that the NFL does that's kind of interesting is that when they draft a player, and let's look, first of all, at first-round draft picks, they are generally signed to a kind of a standard four-year contract. Okay, the, the, the Players Association and the league have uh, set up these four-year contracts. And uh, they also have then what's known as an option for a fifth year. So if the player is playing well enough and the, the team decides, you know what, we would like to go ahead and hang on to this uh, this player. And if you happen to be even a casual NFL fan, this is what the Cleveland Browns did recently uh, with Baker Mayfield, and they're now regretting it because they, they now have uh, Deshaun Watson playing quarterback for them. Maybe this year, we shall see. And Jacoby Brissett, who used to be with the uh, Colts uh, with them. And Baker Mayfield is also still on the roster although he is never going to play in a Browns uniform again, I don't believe. And they owe him over $18 million to not play football for them. So they're trying to find a home for him because they picked up his fifth-year option last year. And now they decided, you know what, let's go get this other guy who they believe is going to be a better fit for them. And maybe he's going to be as long as he's not suspended, which is neither here nor there. But back to that that fifth-year option, it, give, it gives the club a little bit of a comfort zone in terms of hanging on to that player for a period of time. Uh, so there's maybe a, a slightly less chance of that person bolting and heading off to another club. Now, I, I, and this is not to say that, that the NFL is doing things the right way and the AFL is not. I'm just pointing out that it's done differently there. So I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying which one is, is better, which one is worse. You know, you're bringing in, in many cases, much younger athletes to AFL sides, usually at least two or three years younger than players who were coming into the NFL. And those NFL players who were coming in, most of them have spent at least a couple of years away from home at a college campus getting adjusted to being out on their own, if you will. Whereas in many instances, you know, players in the AFL are going from their local club, living at home, being drafted, and then heading somewhere else. Now, a lot of them stay in Victoria, but you know, they do go to other places throughout the country. So that, that, and again, I know I've talked with this about this issue with other people. That is a huge issue for, for young people to adjust to going somewhere else. I mean, I, I, I get that because both of my children went to college outside of the state where we live. My, my son went to school in New York state. We live in Ohio. My daughter goes to school in the state of North Carolina at the present time. Uh, the closest one of them when they were in college was about nine hours away. It's a, it's a long drive to get there. 
So, you know, where I went to college was about an hour and five minute drive from my home. So if I needed to come home on a weekend, I could do that. In fact, for a couple of years, I actually commuted. I drove back and forth to campus every single day. I lived at home and drove to school. So I spent about two hours in my car every day driving to and from. So I don't know what's going to happen with Jason Horn Francis, um, but it's just, it's just another bout of bad news for the ruse, which, you know, they, they quite frankly don't need. And it's, and it's looking like, it's looking like the Suns might be ready to, uh, to commit to Stuart do, uh, on a contract extension, which then puts, uh, other clubs into play for, you know, who's, you know, who's going to be, uh, possibly, you know, seeking out Alistair Clarkson. I hear rumblings that, uh, that Ken Hinckley might be going to GWS. Does Clarko go to Port Adelaide? Does he go to GWS? Is the North Melbourne job going to come open? I, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of all of that stuff to know the ins and outs of all of those things, but it sounds like one of the, one of the deck chairs on the proverbial footy Titanic, bad analogy, I know, uh, sounds like it's about to be bolted down to the deck because it sounds like maybe Stuart Dew is going to be getting a contract extension. And, 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 you know, as a, as a, a footy fan deep down, I'm thrilled about that because it's, it has been fun watching him grow as a senior coach the last couple of years as that club has grown and has gotten a little better year on year. And, you know, when they bring young Mr. King back in next year uh, to go along with the, the other athletes that they have there, this could be a club that makes themselves a significant leap forward. Yeah, they've got a tremendous midfield. They could have a tremendous forward line next year as well. So, then uh, again, if they can play defense, they could be in really, really good shape. So, I do want to go ahead and dive into my tips for round 11. And uh, we're almost halfway through. I believe round 12 is when we start the bye weeks. So we've got fewer games to enjoy over the next three weeks after this one. So let's enjoy these uh, these nine games this round because we're not going to see nine games again for another three and a half weeks. Now, this is the second. Well, this is the last full round before my school year ends. I uh, Our school, our last day of school is the. 8th of June. So I'm going to kind of transition to almost to Australia time on the weekends once school is out. So I'll be up to all hours of the night and taking, you know, little, little, uh, fit and spurts of naps throughout the weekends, uh, during the footy season till we head back to school in late August. So let's jump into the first game. We've got the, uh, Swans hosting Richmond at the SCG. And this is a, this is a really unique game because if they're both at full strength, I think this would be the game of the round. But both of them have some significant outs, okay? you got James Robottom back in, I believe, from suspension. Sam Reed is back in with the Swans. Matt Roberts is debuting. Uh, Josh Kennedy's going to be out. Tom Hickey's going to be out again. And I just think that if this is his knee, I think that knee is going to be an on-and-off thing for the rest of his career. The, the Tiger is going to be missing Jake Arts, who is still listed as an emergency. Kane Lambert is out. Tom Lynch is going to be out for a few weeks with a uh, hamstring injury. They're bringing back in Jack Graham and Marlon Pickett's coming back from suspension. Now, this is a tough one to tip. Like I said, if, if both were at full strength, it would still be a tough game to tip, quite frankly. Uh, they've both got strong arguments as to why 
their club should win. Three out of four premierships. Dusty Martin, Jack Rewalt, you know, Shea Bolton. You've got you've got a side that has some serious talent there. Um, but the Swans generally play really well as a, as a, a side together as well. And I'm just going to go with the home team here. So I'm you know, it's going to be hard to overcome the the Coleman contender in Tom Lynch not being there. So I'm going to go with the Swans to win this one by seven points. And I think that's actually the closest game that I'm tipping this round. Okay, I think seven points is the closest that I'm tipping this round. I've I have gone through the year where I've where I, when I've tipped games I've I've taken a more conservative approach to um, to tipping games. But this this week I've started to kind of widen the point differences a little bit here okay so daniel mcstay is uh is coming back in for the lions uh we're heading up there to uh the gaba where my regional weather expert orville has told me that it's been raining with great frequency for the last several days like i said it's been raining for the last several days along the uh, eastern coast of queensland uh so this is likely to be a wet game or the the residue of a wet game there uh, the Lions, they dropped a, a tough game uh, with Hawthorne last week down in uh, Chile, Tasmania. The Giants, they got to pad their percentage against the Eagles. Like I said, Daniel McStay's coming back in to pair up with Eric Kipwood up on the forward line. You've got Devin Robertson coming in, Marcus Adams as well. Hugh McCluggage is a huge out for the Lions, though. Okay. The uh, the Giants are bringing in their Lockheed contingent with... Uh, Mr. Ash and Keith joining the side and Adam Kennedy being out ill. Now, I think this is going to be a competitive matchup. The Giants are probably a better side than what they've shown this year. They're sitting down at 14th at 3-7. and seven. You know, they've, they've won two out of their last four. I, I, I honestly think this is not a 3-7 and seven side, which might have a reason as to why they have a new interim coach leading them right now. But I think at this point in time, Brisbane is too strong for them. You know, and I've got Brisbane figuring out a way to compensate for uh, the loss of human cluggage. I've got this. I've got this one going to them by 19 points. And then we head down to GMBHA Stadium for the Cats hosting the Crows in their first back-to-back home games of the year. Okay, I know I said in a recent episode I was going to be done talking about the disparity in home games for the Cats. There was my little dig at it there, so I'm going to leave it at that. Now, Patty Dangerfield is going to be out with a leg issue and being replaced by Brian Myers. You know, Myers joining the interchange there, so somebody else is going to have to slide into the midfield. And if you're if you're a footy fan and you've watched the Cats play this year, the Cats have a lot of reputation in the midfield, but it has not exactly been the stellar midfield that that we have grown accustomed to seeing over the last several years. And uh, you know, not having Dangerfield there is not going to help. Now, I do think that on the Adelaide side, you know, you've got some big changes there as well. Josh Rochelle is being managed. Taylor Walker is going to be out due to health and safety protocols. Now, they are bringing back in Wayne Malera, uh, Jordan Butts, Matt Crouch is coming in, and Riley O'Brien is coming back in, which I've been trying to figure out what's going on with him because, you know, he's had some some pretty significant success in the ruck, but they've dropped him the last couple of rounds, and he's back in. Now, I hope that the Cats remember round one from last year. Yeah, of course, Patty Dangerfield's not going to get suspended in this game because he's not playing. Uh, yeah, they dropped a, a, a game at the Adelaide Oval to start 
2021 that a lot of people thought, yeah, they're going to win this one here because Adelaide's rebuilding and Adelaide jumped out. I think it was round one. Adelaide jumped out to a, you know, a, a, a great win for themselves to start the season. Now, I do think that in the present, despite the deficiencies in the midfield, I think that the Cats are just too strong a side for the Crows right now. And I've got them winning this one by eight, by 18 points, by three goals. Now, we head down to the MCG for what I think is going to be an absolute cracker. Now, if it's dry, if it's dry, you know, the, uh, that, if, if that's the case, you know, if it's wet, and I did see some people mentioning on Facebook that it looks like the weather is going to be dry in, uh, in Melbourne this weekend, which bodes well for the Dockers because the Dockers the last couple of weeks have struggled playing in wet weather. And, uh, you know, the, the unblemished, and I'm going to continue to use this term here, and if, you don't, if you're not a fan of the movie, I apologize, but the unblemished Cyberdyne systems or Melbourne demons are going to continue to ensure that Jake Bowie needs yet another throat lozenge to sing yet another rendition of It's a Grand Old Flag. This young man has not, this young man has not, not sung at the end of a game in his career. I believe if he wins this week, this will be 18 in a row for him. That's pretty darn impressive. Now, again, it's not just Jake Bowie doing this, but just to start off a career like that, he's going to almost an entire season's worth of games where he's not lost yet. And, well, I'll give you a hint. I don't think it's going to change this week either. Uh, Jack Viney comes back in. Ed Langdon's out injured. Jake Melksham uh, is playing game number 200. Brandon Walker and Darcy Tucker are coming in for the Dockers. Uh, Bailey Banfield is listed as an emergency. Sam Sipkowski is suspended. Now, I think the Dockers are going to make a game out of this because they're, they're a better side than they've shown the last couple of rounds, especially if the weather is dry. Okay. Now, the Ds haven't really shown me any signs of slowing down. I don't think there are any kind of cracks in their game right now. So even if the, uh, the Dockers find some guy named Reese or have some descendant of Sarah Connor as part of their interchange, I, I think that... that the Terminator keeps rolling here. Okay, I'm going to go with the D's to go ahead and drop the Dockers to their third loss in a row. So I've got Melbourne winning this one by two goals. It's going to be a close game. But I can the Dockers win it? Sure they can. But I just I just think that the, the D's, as long as they don't distract themselves, I, I don't see them dropping a game. I'd have to really look at their fixture to see where I suspect that happening. Then we head out to the West for the Eagles and the Bulldogs. And the Eagles hit the scoreboard at a pace that they haven't seen this year, putting up 83 or 86 points. But they couldn't keep the Giants away from the goal square. And the Bulldogs are getting three of their keys to success back with Cody Waitman, Tim English, and Taylor Durea coming back in. Bailey Smith is going to be out due to illness. Uh, Josh Kennedy and Sam Petreski-Seaton are coming back in for the Eagles. Now, again, this is an Eagles side that has a lot of veteran players in it, but they... I just have not figured out what in the heck is going on with West Coast. I mean, this is a club that has got some quality players, but they just cannot get out of their own way. Yes, there have been a number of weeks where there have been injuries. There's been COVID. Nick Nat is out. Willie Rioli is still out. Liam Ryan is gone still. But doggone it, this is, this is a club that has some talent, yet they just keep stumbling over themselves. And, and, and I don't know if in the, in the back of their mind, if they're at the point in time where they're starting to think, you know what, let's start playing for draft position. And I would have to look and see what their, their draft, you know, what their draft capital happens to be. I think that all of the deals that were made that were involved in the Tim Kelly trade are, are finished. 
you know, all of those picks have, have moved where they're going to go. I would have to look and see what picks they have available to them, but they, they've got to be, you know, beginning to scout, um, some young talent that's going to be, you know, considered, you know, t let's just go ahead and say it, you know, top three, a top three pick, a top two pick, a number one overall pick, because this is, this is a club that is really scuffling. And, and I, I don't you know. I'm going to have to look at, again, at, at their fixture to see when it is that I might be looking at tipping the Eagles again, because I don't know when that's going to be. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but until then, I'm going to have to go with the Bulldogs here, and I've got the Bulldogs taking this one by 25 points. The Bulldogs are going to be pushing themselves into the eight because of the first game of the round. Unless it ends in a draw, one of those, and the Bulldogs win, one of those two clubs is going to be dropping out of the eight, okay, because the... Uh, the Bulldogs are, you know, should be six and five. Well, they may still stay ninth, I guess, from a percentage standpoint, because the the, the Swans and the Tigers are both at a percentage of 120.4 with six wins and four losses. The Bulldogs are at five and five with a percentage of only 110.7. Now, let's be honest. Things being what they are, could they add a few points to that percentage this week? Absolutely, they could. Are they going to? Probably. Probably. Now we head up to Darwin and to Teo Stadium for what I think is a, a really compelling matchup with uh, Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Now the Hawks, they got a great win for their young club uh, against Brisbane last week. They got a bit, as they say, they got a big scalp. Okay. The Suns came up short in Ballarat against the Bulldogs. I tipped the Suns in that game. Um, you know, you've got uh, Alex Days, Caleb Graham, and Jeremy Sharp coming back in for the Suns. Jai Farrar, Rory Thompson, Sean Lemons will be out. Connor McDowell, uh, Jack Scrimshaw are coming in for the Hawks. Uh, Jager Mir is going to be out uh, with injury for Hawthorne, which means, of course, my wife still isn't going to watch, even though I keep showing her pictures of Jager Mir saying, sure you don't want to watch him play? He's kind of cute. Um, she's out of town anyway this weekend. So the Hawks are in kind of a unique situation, though, this weekend. They don't have a, a ruck, per se. They don't, they don't have a ruck. Their ruck position is decimated. So they don't have anybody to go up against who's somebody who's becoming a very legitimate ruck in Jared Witts. So it's going to be interesting to see what Hawthorne does. And I, I, I'm speculating here, but I'm, I'm going to go back a few weeks. That first round after uh, Pitnet went out for Carlton. And, this is, and I said this, you can go back and listen to that, that preview episode. I wondered what the Blues were going to do in terms of getting clearances in the midfield without his tap work. Well, they just went friggin' nuts in the midfield and they went after every single ball in the midfield. And, and I think they had like 30% more clearances than their opponent in that game. And they just, they just became voracious at getting the ball during the clearance. And I think Hawthorne's going to have to try to do that same thing, but they're going up against a really good young midfield of gold coast. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Suns to keep themselves within sight of the number eight spot. Now they are, they're 27 points behind percentage wise, 27 points behind Sydney and Richmond. So they're going to have to win some games here. They've lost three out of their last five. They're going to have to get themselves some wins and see some of these clubs ahead of them, you know, fall by the wayside. So maybe 2022 might be a little early for the Suns to get into the finals, but I think they can certainly make some other clubs miserable. 
Okay, like I said, every one of them has at least, you know, eight or nine percentage points more than they do. But I've got Gold Coast winning this one by 10 points. I think this is going to be one of the top two games this weekend, okay? And we've got, the, we've got I think, the best game coming up here uh, in just a moment here, after, yeah, right after this one here. Now, we've got our first and only game at Marvel this weekend, and that is the Saints hosting the Ruse. Dan Butler's coming back in along with Jared Leinert and Mitch Owens. Uh, Jack Mahoney and Jaden Stevenson are coming back in, and Jackson Archer's making his debut for the Ruse. And let's just, just put it out there. The Saints are simply too good of a club right now uh, at this point in time for the Ruse. Are they going to make it competitive? Sure. Uh, Jack Zebel, I believe, is playing game 250 for the Ruse this weekend. I believe that's who it was that was playing 250. Let me go back and check here, but I... I don't want to misquote that, but I think that's who it was. Uh, but it did, let me go through. Yeah, yeah, it was Jack Zebel playing game 250. I just wanted to verify that. But I'm going to go with the Saints to win this one by five goals. I just think that this is a club that is just getting out there and outrunning other clubs. You know, they've got arguably the best one-two punch in the ruck position right now. And we're going to have to see what happens here. I think you know. I think Max King's going to go go off and have four or five goals of his own here. So, like I said, I'm going to go with the Saints to take this one by five goals. And what I think is going to be uh, one of the best games of the round. Yes, one of these clubs is sitting outside the eight, but this is this is you know old fashioned. Go back to the you know pre nationwide competition. Carlton and Collingwood. Again, I wasn't following the game then, but this this is the game. This is this is one of those games that would have caused arguments at the lunch counter the week prior to it, uh, you know, at the workplace. People arguing in support of their clubs. The Blues are sitting at eight and two. They're facing off against you know the Pies. Yeah, Caleb Poulter's coming back in. Reef McGinnis, Trey Rusco's coming back in for the Pies. Jack Martin, Jack Noons, Jordan Boyd, and Patty Dower coming in for Carlton. Now, the 22, of course, for both of these clubs is a little bit more fluid because it's a Sunday game, so they've got a little bit more time uh, to finalize things. They've got ex extended interchanges right now. They believe there are eight players in their interchanges, so four of them will end up dropping off. Now, I think the Blues are, are one of the, the, the big stories this year, and that still just kind of irks me a little bit because their, their hiring of uh, Michael Voss got me bumped off of that radio show. Uh, but it's, it's great to see the Carlton supporters who are thrilled by their club success. And it's, and it's actually good to see the melt, the Collingwood supporters who are becoming buoyed by seeing the Dacos brothers and Jack Ginevan, uh, beginning to establish kind of a new identity for the Magpies as, as they're going forward, because we're starting to see this club get a little bit better as the season goes along as well. They're beginning to improve. They're beginning to mature, and that's going to pay off for them next year and into 2024 as well. But I think the Blues, like I said, are one of the big stories this year. They're going to move to 9-2, and two, and I've got them beating the Magpies by 10 points in this game. And then the final game of the round takes place at the Adelaide Oval, and you've got Port Adelaide hosting the Bombers. Riley Bonner is back in. Charlie Dixon is making his uh, 2022 debut uh, Jai Caldwell, Harrison Jones, and Jordan Ridley are amongst the six that are coming in for the Bombers. Now, I, I did see that on one of the Facebook pages uh, from Port Adelaide that some of the people watched uh, Charlie Dixon play in the Sandful last weekend. 
and said that he still was not moving as well as they had hoped, that he was still limping a little bit here and there. But evidently the club has decided he's far enough along and that he's well enough to be able to uh, to get back out there. So, you know, expect you know, big things from him to come in and help the side, you know, take the pressure off of, uh, you know, some of the other people in the uh, in the forward line for them. So the Bombers, they've sunk to 16th of the ladder. And they're they're only being shielded from the wooden spoon by the struggles of the Roos and the Eagles. So they might find themselves there. You know, if the Eagles and Roos were playing slightly better footy, that we might be talking about the Bombers being the club that's going after the wooden spoon. Sorry about that, Harper. Uh, I think I actually tipped you guys in the eight this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, but I'm going to go with Port Adelaide, and I think it's going to be a competitive game. You know, Essendon has got to tackle. They have got to be an aggressive club, but I think Port Adelaide is going to go ahead and take this one by 13 points. Okay, so there's my tips for this week. Again, these are simply for entertainment purposes. Please do not pay to bet on my behalf or because of anything that I told you because I went 5-4 and four last week, so I don't know what I'm talking about here, okay? Now, folks, I do hope that you will head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can find everything that you need uh, for the, uh, the podcast there. You, there are links to all of my socials on there. You can get on the mailing list so that when a new episode of the podcast comes out, it's in your inbox about a minute after that is released. I do hope that you'll check that out. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on over on Facebook. Just look for a yank on the footy podcast. You can reach me by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Now folks look out for one another, give your friends a call, check up on them, see how they're doing. This has been an interesting uh, week or so here in the United States. And I've been I have stayed away from making any sort of comments about uh, events that have transpired here because I, I I have my views, but I am going to keep them to myself. I I because they may be divergent from what the views of other people happen to be. Okay, and I'm not saying that other people are wrong. I'm saying that there may be different views on things um, because there may not be the whole picture there. And again, I'm not I'm not doing this podcast as a political podcast. Okay, I'm not. That's not why I'm here. You know, I've 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 read many comments from from people who I, as much as I can call them dear friends on social media, people who I have engaged with for the last several years on social media. I've, you know, I've read a lot of, of comments and I, and I understand and I empathize and, I, and I, I certainly respect the viewpoints of people. That being said, I, I'm, you know, I, for those of you that don't know, I have been a school teacher now for 28 years. I'm a military veteran at all, as well. I'm also a gun owner. So I'm kind of in a unique situation here. Okay, Um, but like I said, I'm not going to delve into this any further in the podcast. You know, if if somebody wants to reach out and send me a message on Twitter, you know, I'll 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 maybe have a little bit of a conversation with you there if you want to if you want to talk. But I I don't I'm this is not where I want to air 
discussions here are not going to resolve any of the issues that are going on. Okay. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to take away from this distraction that I love and that, that distraction being footy. Okay. So I, tr I, I truly understand and respect the, the, the vantage point uh, of, of everybody. And I know we all have different viewpoints. I get that. Okay. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a unique situation that that's that's transpiring here, okay. And as this is one of the reasons why you know we talk about in you know my show notes, I always have links there to uh, the different organizations dealing with with mental health issues. You know, if you are in in need of reaching out to somebody, reach out to them, give them a call, check in with them, okay. That's why I always say to to check in with your friends and see how they're doing. Let them know you love them, okay. Let them know you love them, but if they support another team, another club, it's okay to jazz them about that a little bit if you want to as well, okay? So, folks, I do appreciate your continued kind words and support. Uh, it's truly appreciated. Uh, this is, you know, like I said, this has been a, a, a unique situation. You know, I have I have a, a, a daughter who is training to become a school teacher as well. Uh, so, I, I trust me, uh, this is the events of the last couple of days are not far from the focus of my mind. I, I get it. Okay. I absolutely do. But folks, take care of each other. Take care of your friends. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, never let your dribble kick hit that post. And we saw some great dribble kicks back in round 10. I will catch you later. <laughs> This has been episode 171 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at A Yank on the Footy or on Facebook. Just look for A Yank on the Footy podcast. Again, thanks for listening. I do hope you'll head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and get onto the mailing list. And if you want to be a guest, fill out that register as a guest form and shoot me a note because I would love to talk to you. All right, folks, until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye.